Ephesians 4 from verse 1 says, Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God and Father who is over all and in all and living through all. <clears throat> however, he has given each of sorry, however, he has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. That is why the scriptures say when he ascended to the heights, he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. Notice that it says he ascended. This clearly means that Christ also descended to our lowly world. And the same one who descended is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens so that he might fill the entire universe with himself. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow, so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Okay, so I was reading from the NLT. I think it's a bit different from that one. But it's nice to hear the different versions. So, first of all, we're just going to dive straight in. I'm going to look at who are the apostles? What are apostles? What's it all about? So, the word apostle means sent one. Um, you know, sent by God to empower the body of Christ, the church. Okay. Um, before we kind of go any further, there is, I want to talk about a little kind of controversy about apostles. So the first 12 apostles were designated by Jesus in Luke 6, verse 13. You can read about that. And they were the 12 disciples. There are some people who believe that actually only the disciples who were appointed as apostles should bear the title of apostle. However, later on, 
obviously, um, you know, after um, Jesus died on the cross and was resurrected, Matthias was added to the 12 because Judas betrayed Jesus and killed himself. So they had to replace him and they cast lots. Matthias was then an apostle. Um, But then we have Paul. Everyone talks about the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul. He referred to himself as an apostle. He was accepted as an apostle, but he was not amongst the original people with Jesus. So, um, and, and then Paul himself talks about other people who, um, you know, as apostles. In fact, there are over 20 people in the New Testament referred to as apostles. So I think it's clear from that that, um, as an apostle, you don't just have to have physically been with Jesus at that time, but actually what's more important is that you have had an encounter with Jesus. Um, Paul had his dramatic encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus. And, um, you know, and just like we today can have that, you know, amazing encounter with Jesus, even though, you know, we weren't with him physically yeah um it's also interesting to note that um among the apostles that paul talks about he includes a woman junia um she's mentioned in romans 16 verse 7 and um she was actually in prison with paul and he calls her an apostle so what we can gather from this is that um you know apostles are people who have encountered Jesus and who are there to equip the church, both men and women. Um, you know, also, you know, it talks about how apostles are a gift to the church. So we have a church today. We need apostles today. There is a role for apostles to play um, in the church now. So apostles are the first on the list of the fivefold gifts to the church. So as we read, um, the job of the, um, you know, the fivefold gifts is to equip, to build, and to expand the church. The church being the worldwide body of Christ. Um, and overriding all of that, the overriding theme is, is about love. You know, bringing people into fullness of love, you know, a body working well together in love. My my dad has quite a good way of um, of kind of I don't know I guess kind of like describing this. So he always talks about um, so evangelists love the lost, pastors love the flock, prophets love intimacy with God, teachers love the word, and apostles love the church. So that might be a little helpful tool for people. So let's talk a bit about the, the kind of gifts, the kind of expressions that we see in apostles of how of that working out. So I like to think of them as spiritual entrepreneurs. They're people who start things, they go places, they they see a need, they fill the need, they um you know, they're they're passionate about networking, about um equipping people, empowering people, and then releasing them into ministry. They're passionate about, about seeing, 
you know, the body as a whole moving forward and growing and, you know, reaching maturity. And it's their joy to match the right people with the right tasks and to see, to see things moving forward. Apostles are people who follow the vision and they carry the vision. They're influencers. Um, apostles are often the people who lead the leaders. They come alongside the pastors, teachers. They bring direction to the church and they inspire people. So if you, um, as you listen to these things, like if there's stuff that you can relate to, then, um, you know, then, yeah, just start to ask God, you know, how, you know, to reveal more about how you can move more into this gifting if you think that you fit this category. So we've talked about the positive things of the apostles, but I think it's also good to, you know, to just be aware of the kind of, um, yes, the cons, as it were, the pros and the cons, that you know, the downsides, the things to be, to be careful with, because with every, um, you know, with every gift that there is, there's also different temptations that come. And, um, yeah, so with apostles, one of the things they have to be, um, be aware of is with too much delegation, it can lead to kind of laziness and them not doing their part. And also, um, with, yeah, too much delegation can make people feel used. So as apostles need to be careful not to, you know, that people feel like, um, you know, empowered and encouraged and it's so great they're doing it and not like, oh, why can't you just do it himself? Um, you know, the other thing, you know, we talked about apostles, you know, starting things and going to different places. Too much jumping around from place to place. Um, again, it can make people feel used and, um, and leave them in a place where maybe they're not they haven't reached a level where they can be left yet. And so it can all collapse when the apostles pushed off to something that looks more interesting. So they need to be aware, you know, not to leave instability, but to, you know, to build people until they're ready um, for the apostles to move on. Well, um, the other thing is pride. Um, you know, I think apostle is a, is a kind of title that sounds very glorious. and it can be, yeah, you know, I think everyone needs to be careful, you know, generally about pride. But, you know, with apostles, yeah, it's just about, you know, we, we talked about love and how that should be the thing that underpins everything. And when love goes wrong, when the focus of our love becomes other things like power, control, sex, money, you know, that's when we see, you know, wonderful Christian leaders. Or see their lives just fall apart and so those are the things to be you know that people need to be really aware of um, and to be careful not to fall into those traps um, yeah if we keep our love and our, and our focus always on God you know if we're always listening to the Holy Spirit in our heart then we can't go wrong you know um, but as soon as we start going off focus then, then that's when we can yeah fall into different so, who, who are apostles? First of all, I want us to look at some real-life examples of apostles. We're going to start 
start with looking at the biblical example. I thought the Bible would be a good place to start. And we're going to look at Paul. So how was he an apostle? So he was a missionary. He travelled from place to place. He would plant churches. He'd meet with the believers. He'd encourage them, build them up. He'd find the right people to help them. You know, he'd often go somewhere and then he'd like send Barnabas, send Timothy, send, you know, he connected people to people, um, churches to churches. He built them up, but he moved on. He, you know, um, he always saw the bigger picture. And for him, the bigger picture is that he needs everyone in the world to hear about Christ. And he just kept on going and kept on moving until the Holy Spirit said no. So he wasn't like waiting and like, Lord, where should I go? He's like, I'm going here until the Lord said no. And they're like, okay, I'm going over there. And then, you know, he wasn't passive about anything. He was really like full on kind of dude. So in modern terms, a lot of people with this kind of apostolic gifting are people like missionaries, church planters, and ministry leaders. Obviously, not every missionary um, has the gifting um, or, you know, not every church planter, but I think a majority of them will have that apostolic gifting in them. Um, Yeah, so I would like to also give another um, example of somebody of of this age today, closer to home, and that's Rob Hobbs. He was actually listening, which is very awkward (laughs) because I was not fully intending them to listen. But it's very nice, and thank you for joining us. Um, but, yes, I, as um, so as Gary said, I have worked with um, with YWAM for many years now. I can't actually, six or seven years. And I have been in many different bases, YWAM bases, throughout East Africa, um, and a couple of bases in, in the UK as well. And, and, and I've also seen lots of different mission organizations and how they work. One of the things that always used to frustrate me in, in Arua was YWAM had a prison ministry. And also the other people had a prison ministry. And another mission they had a prison ministry. And another mission. And they all went to the prison on different days, did slightly different things, but all very similar. And then, you know, in, when we had the big influx of refugees from South Sudan, suddenly all the missionaries were going to the refugee camp. They all had, you know, refugee ministry. And they were all doing similar things but not connecting. And I was like, why don't you just work together? I'm sure it would be much more effective to just work together. Um, And actually, and that is what Rob Hobbs is all about here in Derby. Um, his vision for you know for the YWAM base here is is to integrate for you know for the YWAMers to be working alongside the local churches, alongside the local ministries, the existing ministries, to you know to provide kind of manpower in what's already happening, so that we don't have you know ineffectual overlapping, but that it's it's efficient, it's you know and people are empowered. Um, and I just really admire him for that, you know, that broader vision 
Um, and I, you know, I think that's a, a sign of that kind of apostolic gifting, not just seeing the small, like, build the kingdom of Waiwan, but it's bigger than that. It's about, we've got to build the body of Christ. We've got to build the kingdom of God. Um, you know, Rob is somebody, if you've met him, he knows everyone. He knows, like, everyone in Derby, it seems. And he loves to link people together. You know, if he knows you've got a passion for this, he'll link you with somebody else he knows. And he'll, you know, he'll network for you. And he'll, and suddenly you'll, you'll find yourself friends with lots of people with similar interests. He just has a way of, of connecting people together. And, um, you know, and, and delegating, you know, um, which is really cool because then it means that people are, are feeling empowered to do what they are called to do. Um, yeah, so there's a little example of another apostle. Um, Gary also asked me to, um, to share some experiences from my own life and, you know, and from our time in Uganda. And, um, I'd just like to say as a kind of disclaimer before, um, you know, I have, you know, I've prayed about the apostolic gifting and that kind of thing. And, um, you know, I, I'm not even 30 yet, and so I'm still, like, trying to move into it more, and I wouldn't say I'm, like, there yet in a big way, but just trying to explore it. But, um, so, yes, but one thing that I can talk about that I think fits well and gives a good example um, is when we built our house in Arua, in Uganda. So it is quite common for um for missionaries to need a house and for them to raise money and they build a house so that they can live there the end. But for Wara and I when we when God spoke to us about building a house, from the very beginning we felt like this cannot just be for us. This has got to be something that blesses people. This has got to be something that you know that inspires people and that challenges people and can change the way people think um it's kind of hard to explain for you know for people who have not lived in um places where there's a lot of poverty but there's you know one of the things that was quite a heavy like negative spiritual atmosphere was that um there were a lot of things that started but never finished and it all just kind of um rocked and falls apart. That, like, that was quite a common thing in a river. There's so many buildings that were like half built and then it ran out, the people ran out of money. And so it's like, you know, just like a foundation and some walls and then trees growing inside and it's all falling apart. And you just think, oh, what a waste. What a shame. You know, other times you just see foundations. You drive down the road, you see loads of like foundations, but they've got no walls. And, and they've been like that for like, you know, years and years. Um, you know, other places where they've got, they've got the walls, they've got the foundations, the walls and the roof, but then a big sign on the wall saying, repossessed by the bank. And, um, yeah, so it was like, it, you know, it's something that Wado and I noticed, and we felt like, you know what, we need to build a house, not like something massive that we can't afford to finish. We've got to break this. We've got to build something that's right for our family. And something that we can finish, something we can afford, something that people here could afford. And so we built um, 
we we built a mud house and it was um so that it's called like cob in Devon. Up here that means bread rolls. We didn't build a house of bread rolls. We built a cob house which is a mixture of um of clay, soil, sand and um straw. Um and the walls were very thick. They were like half a meter thick. And so we built this house using a local engineer who was passionate about eco-building. So by doing it, um, the engineer and his builders, they got experience in a new type of eco-building, experience that they're now using, um, you know, in other building projects. You know, they were blessed by it. As we built, people would come along and, like, ask questions. And people would literally turn up and be like, hey, we heard there's a big mud house being built here and we wanted to see it. And, you know, so it inspired people. People, you know, were like, what are you, what are you doing? And, and we would, you know, it blessed us to be able to say, yes, we're building a house of mud because it's, a, you know, it's um, a resource that everyone has. It's cheaper than bricks and cement and we're going to finish this. And, you know, and we hope that people will replicate it, that people will get the idea and they'll reproduce it, that it will be bigger, that it will it will spread. Um, you know, it will help people out of poverty. Um, you know, unfortunately, when we finished the house, we only lived in it a few months because then we had to leave very suddenly because of Ebola, um, an Ebola outbreak. Um, but the, the blessing still continued. Um, a friend of mine who's Kenyan, is now living in our house. Um, She's a single mum with four daughters, and they're living in that house and really looking after it. And because they're there, so she's the headmistress of a school. And and so the school is also, has been, she's been able to build it and expand it and do building work and improve it because, you know, she's living so much cheaper than before. Um, You know, so it's something small. We could have just built a house for ourselves finished but you know because of that kind of apostolic thing in me I was like it's got to be bigger than that it's got to bless people it's got to leave a legacy and so it has done that and you know and yeah it's just really cool I'm yeah I'm glad that even though we can't live there that it's still blessing people so that's another example of that kind of apostolic gifting and action it's um you know it's that desire not to just do the normal, not to just do the expected, um, you know, not to just do things simply, but, you know, but to do stuff that has wider reaching implications, that stuff where the blessings will reach out and out. Yeah. So, yeah. So I hope all of that has made sense to people and I hope that, you know, maybe some of you are thinking, yeah, I, maybe I have this gifting and maybe I need to pray into it. And maybe, um, you know, I'm always in, like, encouraged by, you know, people like, um, you know, when you look in the Bible, often God takes people out for like long periods of time before they start things. So it doesn't matter like what age you are. You know, Jesus didn't start anything till he was in his mid thirties. Um, you know, Joseph, he was in prison for like a decade or so before he really moved into what God had. So don't worry about where you are in your life right now. Maybe God is moving you into the next season. So, you know, be praying about this and the other fivefold 
um, gift. So just, um, yeah, so just to finish, the other place where, where the apostles are mentioned in scripture is in 1 Corinthians 12. Um, and it's in verse 28. And it's quite interesting, um, uh, because it talks about, you know, um, that God has appointed apostles for the church. And it talks about, you know, how we should earnestly desire the most helpful gift. And then it says, but now let me show you a way of life that is best of all. And what does it go into? Love is the greatest. And it's the, the very famous, um, you know, chapter 13, where it's all about, you know, if we don't have love, we'll just be in like a noisy symbol clanging, um, you know, uh, yes, without love, you know, we would gain nothing. So as we pray into our giftings and what God is calling us to, let us always keep love at the center. God is love. Let us love each other. And um, yeah, all will be well with the world. Amen. <laughs> Bless you guys. Okay.